out of being two broke grads. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Chelsea. And today we're going to talk about Dimitri's story a little bit and, and some of his experiences. So why don't you start out by just telling us some of your really fun experiences that you've had lately uh, financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, so Labor Day or the, the Friday before Labor Day 2018, which is, I think was August 31st. Uh, I was is in, that the same in Canada and U- the U.S.? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Uh, oh, but it, right. it was August 31st. That's, I okay. Think, okay. <laughs> um, so uh, it was, I was in Toronto uh, visiting uh, my girlfriend. And at uh, 3 p.m., I get this email from my department. And in no uncertain words, it tells me that uh, this year... I would be required to pay a very large sum in tuition, uh, which was news to me because when I had initially entered my PhD, uh, it was under the assumption that, or under the, under the, well, I was told essentially that I wouldn't have to pay anything, that this would, that my tuition would be uh, completely covered. So normal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is normal. Right. So imagine my surprise when I get this email at 3 p.m., two hours before like the end of the day and a long weekend uh, that I would now be responsible for coming up with a bunch of money. So I was not not super happy about that. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone would be. Was this before the start of your semester then? Are you on a later mm-hmm. schedule? No, this was, yeah. So, that, so in Canada, at least, uh, we start after Labor Day. So the, mm, the, the, okay. new, the new semester would have started the following Tuesday. Got it. Right? So, like, literally the 11th hour. Uh, right. I, I guess. <laughs> so I'm not, not super happy. I contact my supervisor to say, you know, what's the deal? Have you heard this? Um, so he tells me to stand by and just to chill. And I uh, reread the email. Cause I was just, I was kind of in like that, that state of shock where you're not really, you know, your heart's pumping, you've got the adrenaline rushing and you're not really paying attention. Yeah. Twilight zone-esque. <laughs> um, so I reread it and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going over it and it, in the email it says, you know, it says that like, it's okay. If you need help paying for it, you can just opt out of your healthcare or your, your health insurance, right? Right? And so, like, if I wasn't stunned enough the first time around, that definitely got me. Because, like... Yeah, that was a... So, they usually pay for that, or you usually pay for that? So, included in, like, the tuition is um, is this health plan. And students have, like, if you're, like, married, and your partner has health insurance, then you can opt out of the university health insurance. And it's like something Mm. like an additional $600. Okay. But so then this is additional coverage. I don't really understand Canada's. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's not get into the details of insurance. (laughs) We'll be, we'll probably be talking past each other, but the point is it would have been like this insurance gives you like, uh, it covers things like dental. It covers things like um, prescription, stuff like that. So you need this. It's not like, fun and games kind of stuff no it's not like you know massages and stuff or maybe it is the point is is that like without this healthcare, 
I would not be able to, like I would have to pay whatever the sum of money is to go to the dentist and get a dental cleaning, or I'd have to pay whatever the cost of antibiotics are when I got sick. Right. So this is not a fun suggestion to say that you don't, you should opt out of it. Oh no, absolutely. Absolutely not. I was like, I was taken aback being like, I can't believe you've just said that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like akin to saying like, um, you know, like you're, you're going to have to lose your hand, but it's okay. You can just like chop your forearm off too. (laughs) So uh, yeah. So that's what it was like. Okay. (laughs) Um, so the, I I got pretty mad at this. And so I kind of hopped on Twitter as I usually do and started tweeting some choice thoughts because I, I guess mean, you were very professional. I was privy to this, you know, live and it wasn't rude per se. You mm-hmm. were just telling, telling them what happened. I was, I thought so too. I thought I was just telling it like it is right. That the department told me that my department lives under the med school. And so my department said that the med school had made some decisions regarding funding and that I would lose some amount of money and I would have to pay that out of pocket. So I got on Twitter and said, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you why are you doing this to PhD students? Because, you know, we're the ones that teach classes sometimes. We, you know, we're the ones that write the papers, we do the analyses, we do all the grunt work. And the university and the med school just get to put their name on it. Real, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So oh, I just, totally, yeah. You're yeah. the workhorse for sure. Yeah. So I just felt like I was being, I was de- I was being completely devalued. Uh, and no, in fact, more like not just devalued, but like dehumanized, man. Like, could you imagine in any other job? Like your boss, yeah. your boss was saying like, yeah, so budget cuts and we're going to cut your funding by 20%. I mean, you cut your, cut your pay by 20%. Like that's, that's unheard of. Right. And then saying like, oh, if it's a problem, you know, we'll just, you know, not insure you and that'll cover it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, I see. I see. You do need that 20%, huh? Well, you could just give up your health insurance. Like, No. <laughs> And such late notice, it's like, hey, you're still coming into work on Monday, right? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Is that I had absolutely zero opportunity to go and be like, well, you know, what was the decision? Who made this decision? And, you know, what is there anything I can do about it? And I think the worst part about this, like, is that I signed a lease, a 12-month lease, the mm-hmm. day that before. was a whole story in itself right? oh my god and you know what maybe <laughs> if, if if housing is ever like an issue with grad students and i'm sure it is we should have yeah. a whole episode dedicated to that but i signed a lease the, oh i definitely yeah i signed a lease the day before and i was just i was dumbfounded because because ha- because if i were not in a lease i would have just been like well okay i'll see you later because mm-hmm. you know, this, this basically isn't what we agreed to but I felt I felt really trapped because now I, I was relying on that funding to pay for this lease. And I was just kind of like, you know, I was caught with my I was caught with my pants down, so to speak. <laughs> not literally, thankfully. Not not literally. So anyways, after this Twitter thing happened, I was contacted by the dean of um, the dean of research um, for the med school. 
Well, you pretty aggressively tagged them. It was probably like every tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't like, I would love to say that I did that strategically to get their attention, but I was just kind of really mad uh, and just wanted everybody to know who was responsible for this. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I get contacted by the Dean of Research and essentially telling me to cease and desist because, you know, it was what I'm saying was false and that they had been supporting PhD students uh, and uh, you know, kind of hinted that there may be repercussions because I was violating some uh, some code of some code of conduct, some student code of conduct, which is ridiculous. And I don't know, I don't know that the laws are always the same, and this might be a problem we have throughout this podcast. But um, isn't there something in 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 the land of you know lawyers and stuff that saying you know truth is an absolute defense for libel or slander? Right, right. So there must be, right? Maybe we should get a law PhD to comment on that. You can uh, use the the hashtag TwoBrokeGradsPod and uh, tweet at us if you know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean, I I think some of what you said is an opinion. uh, Like you were saying something like, you know, you don't feel like cared for as a, a graduate student or valued and I think that's an opinion and anything you did say was supported by documentation so that should be you know truth as a defense to any legal repercussions you could face that that's yeah and that's kind of the point I made I, I emailed um, this particular person back and just cc'd the email I received and said this is the information I've been given if if, uh, you know, if this is wrong or if you can contradict this, I'd be happy to hear, you know, a detailed explanation of why my funding was cut. Um, but until such a time, like, this is what I'm operating on. Uh, so they said that they would get back to me after the long weekend. So did they? Because I know, so well, let's first cover it. Like, how was this resolved? Because you're obviously still doing this. So what, what happened to make you not walk away? You're right. I am still a PhD student. Um, and it is due 100% to the lovingness and awesomeness of my supervisor. I cannot tell you how much this man is like saving my butt and always goes the extra mile to help me out. Um, it, it really made me feel like, so he said, he basically said that he would take, um, whatever the cost was out of another grant. And then I would have to do like an epsilon bit of work for this grant, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of justify the, the cost, um, right. which is probably more than any, than any random professor would do for their students. So. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my, my advisor is great. I, you know, shout out to my advisor. Um, but I think, and maybe the reason why we're still PhD students is because we both kind of either by design or by luck got really great advisors that have supported us through some of these hurdles that, you know, other people are talking about. Um, my advisor has helped me an incredible amount and it sounds like yours, yours has too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how was this resolved? So you are fine for now, but um, how was that, you know, conversation with the dean right. resolved? So the dean comes back and says that there was a miscommunication, that it was the fault of my department, or the, not the fault, I shouldn't say the fault, but the decision of my department to cut the funding um, in the way that it had been cut. And so it was just a lot of 
um, the, the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing. And I, I still felt, you know, it wasn't a super satisfactory answer. And I just felt really kind of pushed around. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it did, it, did it end in a satisfactory, happy ending? Kind of insofar as, you know, I'm still doing the research I'm doing and it isn't costing me anymore. Um, but I never really got a good justification for why, uh, for why the funding was cut. No, and it seems like they didn't really care. They're just like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that happened. It seems like that was, I mean, obviously they're more professional sounding than that, but I, I think that's sort of their attitude that they had towards you is, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, stop talking about it anyway. How did that make you feel as a grad student that that was even a possibility that they could just renegotiate a day before, you know, or a weekend before you were supposed to start yeah it made me feel like really dispensable you know mm-hmm. well i think well you know i can say confidently that the skill set i have or that we even have statisticians have um is very in demand right now you know mm-hmm. we we could with relative ease go and be data scientists or data analysts or machine learning engineers and you know make a respectable wage and more we, than respectable i think at the moment exactly and, and you know we wouldn't have to eat ramen for dinner every, every <laughs> unless we day. wanted to yeah and, and it would be like <laughs> it would be really fancy ramen too exactly so it just made me feel really dispensable it, it just made me feel like all the hard work and the sacrifice uh that i that i've underwent was just it was meaningless and mm-hmm. in that i felt replaceable you know yeah and i mean i think um as you're saying it's it's not congruent like that that your treatment doesn't feel congruent with the fact that like you did make a huge sacrifice financially and opportunity wise um like you said we're both statisticians and that's in demand so you could have easily gotten a really well-paying industry job and so the way that you were being treated as dispensable maybe didn't fit with how you felt about you know, what was going on. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I took this P I actually turned down a job as a data scientist to come and to do this research. Cause I thought the research was interesting. I thought the challenge, like I was up to the challenge. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I kind of looked at it and went, wow, you guys get to just slap your name onto all my blood, sweat and tears and sacrifice. And you, you don't care. You, you seriously don't care that I, that I gave this up that I am going through, the difficulties I'm going through. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a shitty situation. I think that's a theme that we'll see throughout this podcast is just the lack of either acknowledgement or empathy from either administrators or faculty or something. Um, they just don't, it doesn't seem to connect with them, which is surprising because a lot of these people have PhDs themselves. So they must have at some point gone through this unless you know they're honorary phds or something like that mm-hmm. um so that's really it's really strange to me that that it's going i mean not unnoticed but at a certain level unnoticed since it seems like this should be a common experience for most of us in the academic world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's that I, I sparked that conversation on uh on twitter uh, and then shortly after that, something, you had some money problems as well. And we'll get to that in the next episode. Yes, we will. Lots of, I, 
after we started talking about making this, part of me feels like, you know, the universe was like, oh, you want to talk about financial difficulties? All right. Because <laughs> uh, I think both of us have had some interesting experiences. So, yeah, we'll, I think we'll get to that in the next episode. So is there anything that you want to put as a point or, or tell people who might be going through the same thing? Yeah. How do you want to... Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, sure. Uh, I think I'll end by saying that you really have to understand your worth. As a grad student, you need to draw a hard line in the sand and say nothing, nothing across this. And if it, and if if something does cross it, you know that's that's when I leave, because you know you are not tied to academia and you are not required to sacrifice um, financially uh, and you're certainly not required to sacrifice your health for any of this research or for anybody. You do not owe anyone anything. Know what you're worth, know what you can do, ask for it up front. And when the situation becomes so such that you have to leave don't be afraid if you decide to leave no one would no one will blame you no one yeah I mean you said that to me recently when we were talking about some of this stuff uh we'll cover in the next episode and that's really empowering so I'm I'm glad you I'm glad we've ended on that note um so I think that's it for this episode hopefully that was a good bite-sized piece and a a thought-provoking story for everyone so until next time Goodbye. Goodbye. See you guys.